Hello! Welcome back to the It's Not That Deep podcast. Uh, we are currently on episode six of uh, Life with Derek, mm-hmm. according to broadcast time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the title of that episode is Secondhand Anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> the, the title of this episode is Casey's Parentification. <laughs> No, but really, we're talking about um, episode six in broadcast order, which is the wedding. So, Casey's aunt is getting remarried, and for some reason, they decided to have their wedding reception at the McDonald Venturi house. A and, house with five children. Mm-hmm. And two adults. Which is apparently supposed to fit 60 people. Uh, and also, for some reason, they're in charge of planning the wedding. What kind of weird family is McDonald weaving? And if there's that many family members coming, why is there only one family member? Yeah, why is this whole wedding? Yeah, why is there only like one teenager like being like in charge of everything? Who decided this? Who's in charge here? Who's planning this weird wedding? I mean, obviously they're weird. (laughs) They're they're weird cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um. Anyway, wow, I hate this episode. It's, it is your least favorite, you've said. It's probably my least favorite, definitely, of this season and that I remember. Um, mostly because everyone sucks in this episode. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, the whole point of this show is it's, like, you know, Derek and Casey constantly riffing on each other. But it's not just them. It's everyone being, like, unnecessarily mean to each other to the point where it's, like, uncomfortable yeah like honestly Derek is one of the tamer people in this episode at least for the majority of it because he just doesn't do anything yeah he's just kind of like a a spectator mostly yeah like I guess the point is to prove that like someone can be meaner to Casey than him but I I don't like it yeah I don't like it's not fun to watch no this episode's also extremely cringe Yes. Like, it's just, like, a lot of the jokes don't really land. A lot of the dialogue is, like, awkward. Especially Vicky's. It's... And that's nothing against the actress. It's just her dialogue yeah. is just very awkward. She's, she's... She doesn't sound like a real human being yeah. talking. She's made to be an early 2000s mean girl. Who and... says early 2000s mean girl things. Which, to be fair, people did say... Well... I think... To a degree. <laughs> well, this is also post-Mean Girls. And when you've already had, like, the masterpiece on how to write good, like, teenage girl villains, and then you have this, like, watered-down, like, you know, grocery store Kroger version of it, <laughs> it's just, like, okay, sure. You've already seen the better ones. Yeah. And it's, like, as far as Vicky is a character, I get where she's coming from. Like, her mom... Married once before, and it probably sucked. Um, she's getting married again, and it seems miserable the whole time. Like, is potentially uprooting Vicky's whole life. So it's like, I totally get where Vicky's coming from. I just don't get why she has to be a huge bitch about it. And I like, mean, the whole moral of the episode for her character is, you know, it's supposed to be like the, well, bullying's not okay, but you gotta understand, the other person's just insecure. <laughs> and... Sure, to a point, mm-hmm. cool motive, but yeah. like, to it doesn't really, you know, excuse a certain degree of life ruining. <laughs> yeah, like it just makes me feel bad for Casey. Yeah, someone who has gone through everything Vicky has gone through, if like, and way more. Yeah, and has handled it way better. Yeah, like, 
and has not taken it out on someone in that yeah. same way. Yeah, like, again, this is just another episode in a row where I continue to be amazed that Casey just, like, has not, like, decided to just, like, fist fight someone yet. <laughs> yeah, because I, she deserves to. I wrote down that she deserves to, oh, what was it? She deserves to snap at at least three different people this episode. Oh, absolutely. I condone Casey violence. <laughs> um, And the thing about, like, Casey being in charge, technically, is that, like, she's jokingly referred to as, like, the wedding planner by her mom. She doesn't seem like she's having fun. No. Like, she... a lot of the time, Casey being in charge, she seems to enjoy it, get a sense of fulfillment out of it, like, you know likes having things be in order the way that she wants them. She doesn't seem like that here. She seems like she's only doing it as a favor to her mom, and then she's, like, pretty miserable for yeah. most of this. Well, it's she, just stressing her out. She thrives on organization and making something structured out of chaos, but I think the crucial factor here is that she has control of making her system. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Is sorting that for herself. Hmm. Here, it's just imposed on her, and it it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) She's not finding any enjoyment by trying to sort things out. Yeah. This also feels like Casey's parentification, the episode. (gasps) Um, So, for disclosure, so my headcanon, so we don't find out a ton throughout the series from what I remember about, like, exactly when, like, Casey and, like, Derek, like, all of their parents got divorced or anything. My headcanon, my... Um, assumption, you you could say. Um, so I kind of go off the idea that George and Abby, so Derek's mom, got divorced, like, I think I would say, like, probably, like, a little bit after Marty was born. So they've been divorced for a while. Um, so I would, I would assume that, like, Derek, Derek's parent, parentification happened, like, around then, and, like, you know, it's kind of leveled out since. Yeah. Whereas Casey's, um, mom Nora and her dad Dennis I believe I think that like the divorce was more recent like not that long ago um but like he was away for work a lot so she just kind of got used to him being absent like her mom and dad technically being together still but not like a close family bond Mm -hmm. so her parentification being more kind of like a prolonged process like something that she just kind of got used to like over years of having to learn to support her mom and, like, help take care of her sister, so... Plus having only one sibling to take care of. Yeah. Um, but this episode... I really just like Nora and Casey's relationship here. Because most of the time, like, while there is back and forth, like, their relationship is clearly presented to be, like, loving and, like, two-way and, like, a lot of communication and a lot of trust and, like, really healthy boundaries. Um, this episode just seems like Nora constantly putting pressure on Casey to act like an adult when she's, like, 15. And it feels, like, really, like, unfair and uncool, especially from from Nora, who seems to be most aware most of the time of, like, what is too far to ask of Casey. Yeah, like, don't you also have, like, an adult family member you can ask? (laughs) It's, like, putting all this on, like, a 15-year-old girl who's already used to being made fun of by the people in her family, who is already used to people not taking her seriously, and to put all of the stress on her, like, you know, basically guilt trip her into it. It's just, like, not fun to watch. Like, I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I... There's a part where she says, Casey, I hate to ask anything else of you, but... And I felt my soul And it's like, don't! Don't ask anything else of her. Figure it out yourself at this point. Because it's like... Actually, yeah. Why is nobody else expected to help except Casey? 
Like Because I, she's the eldest daughter. Well, it's Just like, saying. I know that, like, a big point that people kind of, like, mention in this episode is everyone keeps saying, like, oh, your family, oh, my family. So it's clearly meant to be, like, a McDonald-only thing. Yeah. But, like, if we're going to go ahead and, like, assume that Casey is old enough to help out, like, Derek's also there. Like, yeah. he's also 15. He's also old enough to help. And, like, you know, if he, you don't want him to help, like, if he doesn't want to help out, just, like, you know, because, like, I don't know, can't you give him, like, 40 bucks? Yeah. Like, like just you can do bribe something. him. Yeah. He's a simple man <laughs> yeah. in that regard. Yeah. It's, like, I just, it's just weird to me that all of this is on Casey and no one seems to think that that's, like, a bad idea or unfair to ask of her. Yeah. I think for me, too, is that, like, well, I haven't been in that situation myself. Mm-hmm. I think the premise of this episode is so realistic in terms of, oh. like, something you can have happened to you or things people expect of their kids. Yeah. It's it's hard to suspend your disbelief and be like, oh, wacky uh, family setup when, like, you know, it's a bit too real, the kind yeah. of pressures that get put on them in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, on a lighter note... Um, Nora makes a comment at the beginning of, of the episode, like, oh, like, nobody run into the cake, like, this costs more than this house. <laughs> and and I said out loud, how expensive would, was that cake? And then you said, <laughs> how cheap was the house? <sighs> it was, 2005 was a different time. 2005 in Canada, you could buy a house. Take me back. <laughs> Take me back to being in elementary school. <laughs> um... Also, so the groom of this episode um, apparently has his bachelor party be like a hike. And I I agree with both Derek and George. Like, seriously, who does have their bachelor party be on a hike? Well, my... I wrote that down, too, because like, not only... If that, was, if that happened in Southern California, I could see it making sense. But this is Canada. Where are the hiking, hiking enthusiasts in Canada? Oh no, they exist. Canada, I guess, has their hiking trails. Quite <laughs> a lot of them. Um, it's very pretty. Uh, I have never been. <laughs> um, but one thing that, like, I think the thing is, like, yeah, sure, who goes hiking for their bachelor party? But also, who makes a bunch of other people yeah. go hiking <laughs> for your bachelor party? I love my sister very much. Um, if she if asked her boyfriend you- asked mm-hmm. me. To go on a bachelor party with him and it's a hike. I'm not going. Yeah, because like... Best of respect to him. I'm like, not doing it. <laughs> the idea of like a strip club bachelor party is like, you know, you can make the like uh, unfortunate assumption that probably everyone like at least at least wants to be there. Yeah. It not, might not be not, true, but Yeah, at least not necessarily like, true, but... At least it's a, a, a culturally expected activity that like... Mm-hmm. You don't have to do a lot of physical activity for. Well, if they like you. (laughs) I don't believe you've ever been to a strip club in your life. You don't know what I do in my free time. I don't. It's true. Um, but yeah, as far as characters go, I don't like that Nora's not really being a great mom here. No. Like, Especially, I get that she's under stress, but that's stress that she undertook willingly and didn't yeah, need to put it on Casey. and she only delegated to one person, which is her 15-year-old. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, I I know that there's, like, a thing in culture where it's, like, adult men are kind of, like, 
treated like children (laughs) yeah so it's like you know this whole episode is like george is kind of absent and like always really expected to do is like go on the hike and like get like the groom to church and it's like he's the adult here how come he can't do more yeah like he's the one who apparently actually like you know thought that it would be a good idea to have the wedding reception there so he should probably be taking more responsibility for it i don't know I do have another note that says Lizzie is, again, an angel. Absolutely. She Perfect. held everyone's sanity together, I believe. Oh, yes. Single-handedly. Um, Lizzie, Edwin helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edwin helped. Um, Lizzie and Edwin continue to be the best characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, like, a Daisy moment, um, <laughs> <laughs> transitioning into it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a stark, it's a stark line we cross in the episode that goes from just... Okay. Casey is literally about to, like faint from stress and then we'll get into like the interpersonal like Derek part of her and her cousin drama mm-hmm. um but so at the beginning of the episode where like Derek comes and like puts his arm around her and like kind of hugs her I'm like huh that's like a lot more physical contact than I would assume yeah. between people who supposedly hate each other yeah like he lets go as soon as Vicky walk- walks in the door because he wants to go flirt with Vicky but like <laughs> he does hug her for a second and like doesn't have in a to. weirdly imposing way <laughs> yeah like kind of like i don't know if possessive is quite the right word but like it seems like it's kind of meant to be somewhat comforting yeah or yeah. at least like in the sense of this person you've built up to be even more annoying than me we're gonna face them together oh and then he sees vicky and then is like oh never mind yeah <laughs> but for a moment there for a moment there yeah um also talking about Derek, like, not being a horrible person completely in this episode. Um, Him being a big brother to Marty. Yes. Very cute. All throughout the series, Derek is a very good big brother to Marty. It's very heartwarming to see. Yeah. Especially because, again, their parents left them in charge of... Small children small from child, a young age. While they're also supposed to plan an entire wedding reception around that. Uh-huh. You, you can't manage watching a six-year-old... While planning part of a wedding ceremony, and mm-hmm. they expect these kids to do all of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, in terms of Derek's characterization, while we're on the topic, um, I wrote down the note: Derek cannot cope. Evidence number one hundred and seven. <laughs> um, because like as soon as things start, we falling, are keeping tally. <laughs> as soon as things start falling apart, and he realizes that he's in charge, he just like this is the first time we see him yell. This is the first time that we see him just, like, lose his mind. Um, Because, like, you know, Casey is someone who's obviously very anxious, but, like, is better at, like, coping with things. Whereas Derek is just like, oh, one thing did not go according to plan. I, my brain is melting. (laughs) I mean, me too, Derek. (laughs) Which is like, you know, I vibe with it really hard, but. But it's not a great way to. No. Um, what are your notes? Um. I skipped straight over the actual stress part on Derek and went straight to uh, Derek's special ability, rationalizing doing a good thing. Once it shifts to being self-serving, he switches over in like 0.01 seconds. Yep. It's, I think that is why it's so interesting for us at the end of our episode to say, did Derek do this like altruistic thing for altruistic reasons or was it more because he had a selfish reason in this one? Mm -hmm. Because while it can change from time to time, It's just, I find it, I still find it very interesting to be, like, he almost has to convince himself he's not doing it for an altruistic reason. Uh Uh-huh. So, in this one, it's just, like, 
as soon as you say, Edwin basically has to like line up the right words for Jacob. Like, oh, well, I guess if it benefits me and my, my uh, cares and my auteurship. Mm-hmm. I think that pretty much fits Derek to a T. Yeah. For sure. Because um, in previous episodes, whether or not he was doing something sincerely or, you know, being vulnerable for sincere reasons. In this episode, I feel like it's probably a little bit more selfishly based, but in kind of like a weird way where he does kind of have to make a case for himself why it's selfish before he does it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Derek seems to me specifically as a character who does care a lot about his family and helping them when he feels like he really needs to or stick up for them or just his friends or people he cares about. But he never seems to want to acknowledge that as a reason to do something. Mm -hmm. It's not a point of pride for him. Mm -hmm. So even in, hey, help your family have this wedding. Well. Well, not his family. Yeah, because they kind of like mention it multiple times throughout the episode that they very much still see a divide between Venturi family and McDonald family. But he does feel, I think, some sort of obligation Mm -hmm. to them. Because it is his stepfamily, you know? Um, even if it's not his extended family. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even just in other episodes, he never wants to stay, oh, I'm doing this because I'm sticking up for my little brother or my sibling or something. Mm-hmm. He really has to work around it. Yeah. Which, you know, um, evidence of, like, Derek growing as a person would be seeing him not have to do that work around in order to do something nice initially. Yeah. Which, I don't know if we'll see it or how much of it <laughs> we will see. But it would definitely be, like, a big sign of, like, his maturity. Yeah. Um, speaking of characters and maturity, um, <laughs> I am I like Vicky's characterization at the end of the episode because it does make a lot of sense that she yeah. is, like, you know, lashing out because she's miserable. Like, that checks out. Yeah. Um, I and wish... clearly no one is caring about her misery. Yeah. And it's, you know, I wish she had been allowed to stay a nice character. Because yeah. I don't think she ever comes back for the rest of the series as Casey's friend. I think she comes back once in, like, season four to do something mean to Casey. Well, we can't have drama if she stays nice and builds a healthy relationship <laughs> with her cousin. It's it's kind of disappointing because it's like, you know, if Vicky and Derek are meant to be kind of like two sides of the same coin, kind of, or, you know, both characters who are mean to other people as, like, a way to control their surroundings, um... The idea that, like, Derek can, like, improve and grow as a person over time and that Vicky is always going to be this, like, mean backstabber to Casey is just, you know, disappointing. It's also a little misogynistic. Just, just, just a little just bit. A little, we, we had to have a hyper-feminine mean girl, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, we She can't be anything other than super hyper-feminine, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, in opposition to Casey, who is... Also hyper feminine. <laughs> um, but like I was mentioning earlier, like there's nothing wrong with having a mean girl. Yeah. Like if you want to have a bitchy character, you can have a bitchy character. But like when we've already had like Regina George, like, you know, in our world, like you've got to make her interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, Vicky being upset about her mom marrying and like messing up her life is like a good start. But, you know, it feels like there should be more if you're going to continue to make her like that kind of character yeah. i guess yeah um did you have anything else um i 
I do know what notes you have after that, so I do want to uh-huh. go through um, mine. We, we can get to that first. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of them was just. Uh, uh, I appreciate that Derek does have a scene where he actually short circuits when Casey thanks him. <laughs> oh yeah, the little moment where he's just kind of like, like I don't processing know, like what I know, just like oh. You can say thank you to me and mean it. <laughs> On I'm, purpose. <laughs> I'm going to tuck that away for later then. <laughs> and then kind of gets back in his like, okay, I'm in charge here. Yeah, I do like that he just gave like a full five seconds of like computing. I know, just like, you know, short circuit. <laughs> and then I also had a, wow, Casey's job is hard and stressful now that you have to do it. Shocker. <laughs> I can't believe that uh, you're getting mad at Casey for putting all of the stress of the job that was put on her to do. Mm-hmm. Really must suck for you. But also, I don't necessarily think he would have done it on his own purposes. But like I said earlier, if someone had given Derek, like, like Jordan Nora had given him like 40 bucks at the beginning of the episode to split the duties with Casey, maybe he would have done it. You know, yeah. like even just giving him like small things like watching Marty or something like that. Like at least it would have taken some weight off of Casey. Yes. Derek. Casey is nothing if not goal oriented, mm-hmm. but Derek is very easily incentivized. Yeah. Given the right incentive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last one was, oh, I just like I like blooper reels that exist in fiction. I just think they're neat. I just think the blooper reel in this episode um, was awkward. Oh, for, it was awkward. For reasons that we'll talk about in a second. Um, but the first thing that I noted was, like, so the blooper reel at the end that's supposed to be, like, you know, some stuff that, like, Derek filmed, like, in preparation to make this movie out of, like, you know, the wedding. Um, multiple scenes are stuff that he was not present for. Yeah. Or, like, moments that he, like, wasn't in the room quite yet for. Which like, is... Given the set, he would have had to be in a very weird space to catch that. Yeah. Um, and then if you... If you <laughs> so if you want to okay. take out okay. your notes. Okay. So um, well, my first note, and I was talking to you about this verbally, was that, like, I thought it was cute that, like... So at the end of the episode, Derek shows everyone, like, the actual, like, film that he made, like, of the wedding. Um, and he also, like... Edwin makes a joke about there being, like, an alternate, like, blooper reel for his demo or whatever. Um, and Edwin mentions that there's, like, a kissing scene. And Casey goes, oh, you mean you mean between, like, you know, Fiona, Fiona and Henry? Harry? Harry. 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 Um, like, you know, the, the bride and the groom. Yeah. Um, and there's a joke about, like, oh, no, like, between, like, Vicky and Derek, like, they made out or whatever. Um, and when Edwin says this and Casey found, finds out... Derek actually looks, like, pretty embarrassed. Yeah. Like, he, like, is kind of, like, motioning for Edwin, like, you know, stop talking. Like he Don't just, let her know. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, this is Derek, someone who, like, you know, prides himself on, like, you know, being able to, like, date whoever you want. Like and that. get with the girls. Yeah. So it's, like, Catch you know. the ladies. I guess you could just interpret that as, like, Derek knows that it's weird to be kissing her cousin and doesn't want her to know about it. But, like, why does he think that's weird? Because, like, it is, but why? <laughs> Because I have a different interpretation. And then I was talking to you about that. And there's that scene where we get, like, Derek and Vicky making out. Which, by the way, awkward. You could have just told us about it. You didn't ac- actually have to show us that, yeah. but whatever. Or, or make your little brother film it. Yeah. Well, he didn't make him. Like, it's mm. clear that Edwin was just doing it to, like, be weird. But, like, also, that didn't need to be a characterization for Edwin. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but we were talking about it. And you mentioned that, like, oh, hey, remember how earlier 
um, Vicky and Casey were, t- were making a joke about how, like, Casey used to wear this, like, awful red dress or something. And I was like, yeah? And you were like, I'm pretty sure she's wearing it while Derek and Vicky make out. <laughs> and I just wrote the note, in Casey's dress? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that feels deliberate. And not necessarily that Derek knew about it, that that was Casey's dress. But, like, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to, like... <laughs> Take note that that is the dress that Casey and Vicky were talking about. Therefore, that is the detail that they did put in there. Therefore, Vicky is wearing Casey's clothing while <laughs> making out with Derek, and whether or not he knows about it is up for grabs. Oh. Vicky's just got a weird thing with Casey. She's got a weird complex going on. Like whatever she's got going on emotionally. Well, there. what's what's an Oedipus complex before your cousin? <laughs> uh, I don't even know that that's the right term though, because there's. <laughs> There's that weird jealousy aspect that's definitely still there. Which is definitely flirting, by the way. (laughs) I'm sorry. I get, like, really hardcore, like, I mean to you because I want to kiss you vibes from from Vicky as well. Which, by the way, why does Casey just attract that energy? Why does she attract the energy of people who, like, are attracted to her and don't know how to express it so they're just mean to her? Because I feel like this is a common element to the show. I don't know. She's just a repression magnet. (laughs) Because, like, Vicky makes more sense in terms of, like, queer repression. Anyway, yeah. it's not that deep, <clears throat> but if it was that deep. <laughs> Again, we are saying this with a heavy disclaimer. We know this is a, a fictional cousin relationship <laughs> that was probably not intended to be homoerotic. Yes. I mean, depending on who you ask, the jump between step-sibling incest and cousin incest perhaps is not a far leap. I what guess. okay? When I talk about like Vicky and Casey, I mean that like mostly in a joke. Yeah. However, I do pick up some vibes. I don't know if they were intentionally being put down, but I do pick up the vibes. It, it could also just be that it could just be an intricate ritual to touch the skin of another woman. It could be that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like here's the thing that like I as a queer woman, I often have this moment where it's like I don't like other like 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 female female friendships like i don't know how much of it i'm supposed to interpret as strictly platonic yeah because for me it's like i like repression so many times where it's like (laughs) is this flirting is this just like is this a friendship where we are inexplicably close and can never talk about it because it's like you know it's like those weird moments growing up where it's like your friend who is also a girl like kisses you and you and your head are just like is this just a friend thing? Am I supposed to just take this as like is a this, friend? <laughs> is this the right way to be thinking about what's going on here? Yeah. It's, uh, it, that, I'm saying all this with, with the disclaimer that like, I'm not a straight woman and I don't know like how straight women like interpret like other relationships with other women that they but presume to be straight. sometimes things but... do come off as in that same emotional space. They give off a vibe, man. A vibe for sure. A vibe for sure. Um, I am through all of my notes. I am through all of my notes. This episode is pretty short because, again, neither of us really like like this episode. Yeah. It's, there's a degree, actually, there's not a fine line. There's a very thick line between slapstick comedy or, like, putting your characters through a little bit of emotional turmoil and Mm -hmm. just making them suffer. Yeah. And this was just making them suffer. And, like, you can make your characters suffer in a way that's entertaining and also, like, is reflective in some way. Yeah, or even because... just, like, comes to some sort of, like, satisfying arc. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because it's like, if you're a fan of The Good Place, the whole first season and <laughs> If you're a half, fan of The Good Place, and you should be. And you should be watching The Good Place. It's an amazing show. Um, but, like, the whole first season and a half, at least, is, like, pure, like, torturing of the main characters. Yeah. But well, it makes sense. All those sense. characters are also, like, kind of assholes in it. Mm-hmm. But it's in a fun way. Yeah, it's in a way where it's, like, how to describe it? It's kind of like a no foul kind of way. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, they don't, they all are kind of miserable and like do get like. But like what's going to happen? They're already dead. Spoiler. Sorry. Fucking I'm spoiler. Sorry. Jesus Christ. It's the, it's the first thing you learn in the episode. You didn't need to tell one. them that. I'm sorry. We have to edit this one now too. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're going to put more work on me? You want me to edit it? You're such a sexist. <laughs> I... I, you got it here, folks. <laughs> Tumbling user Peach Bloods as a misogynist because I make my girlfriend edit our podcast when I give spoilers for the show The Good Place. <laughs> you got to put me in a shitty cishet man jail, <laughs> which is where I belong because I am definitely one of those. You're definitely all of those things. All of them. For sure. Um, okay. Did you have any other? That was really it. Yeah. I I know I said last episode I was looking forward to episode six, but now I'm definitely looking forward to episode seven. Yeah. Okay. So episode six is probably one of my, definitely like my least favorite of the season. But then we go to episode seven, which is um possibly one of my favorites. So I, I'm looking forward to that actually this time. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to recommend to leave off on. Except the good place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, watch the good place. Yeah. No spoilers for episode, not episode, season four, though, because I still haven't watched it because I'm, like, emotionally not ready. Yeah. It's it's like when you reach the end of a series and you're like, okay, it's going to be over. We're going to have an emotional time watching this. And then you just I don't watch never it. never watch it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have this weird thing where it's like, when I really love something, I get to the point where it's like, I just stop consuming content from it <laughs> because I am, like, aware that it has to end at some point. And whether or not that end point has been, like, strictly defined yet i just get to a point where i'm like okay i have to stop watching because like eventually it's gonna end and i like emotionally am not ready to let it go yet and that's also why we haven't finished the magnus archives the magnus archives the or good buzzfeed place unsolved. buzzfeed unsolved i don't even know if that show like technically has like like an ending has been like no we just settled but i just am worried that at some point she and ryan are going to leave that show and I emotionally will not be able to handle it because I used it as like as like a coping and like comfort mechanism for so many years that I'm just like, I can't do it. Anyways, um, as this podcast shows, we have a very healthy relationship with media. Oh, absolutely. We do not get in too deep at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll Everyone see. Everyone have a great night. Sleep tight. <laughs> Sleep tight, my sweet princes. <laughs> Uh, okay. Princesses, princesses, princesses. We said one. We have to cover <laughs> the them three all. genders. <laughs> wait, 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 no. Um, gatekeep, girl boss, and gaslight. The three genders. I said that wrong. No, we got it. We got it. Yep. The, all three of we those coincidentally were displayed in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll we'll be better for next episode. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>